Well, hello and welcome to the latest episode edition of the Orchard Podcast. We're in our second series and this is episode three for those of you that are tracking with us and may have lost track. Uh, second series, third episode, look at that. How did that happen? Anyway, here and we are. In the face-to-face again. Face-to-face, back in the studio. Hope you, you are enjoying the clarity of the audio <laughs> rather than Zoom. Anyway, um, As you know, if you have been listening to this, this current series, we are exploring these encounters that Jesus has with different women in the Gospels. We've called it Jesus Meets. See what we've done there. Uh, Catchy title. Uh, And this week, we are looking at this encounter that Jesus has with Mary Magdalene. Uh, We've discovered there are quite a few Marys in the Bible. Uh, And so trying to work out which Mary is which and which Mary appears when and whether it's the same Mary or a different Mary is quite complicated. (laughs) But what we do know is that we definitely meet Mary Magdalene twice. We know that. It might be that she appears a couple of other times as Mary, but it might be a different Mary. Anyway, we're not going to get bogged down with that. But what we do know is that in the gospel, there are two moments Mm. of encounter with Mary Magdalene. Uh, And um, one of those is in Luke 8, which we looked at last week. And the other one uh, is uh, John 20, when uh, we meet Mary Magdalene on that first Easter morning feels appropriate given that this is going to be in the month of Easter Um, and we're going to look at that one we are what else do we know yeah I mean um, we have discovered um, as we've been looking through this that um, we meet her with Joanna and Susanna yes (laughs) Um, and obviously we spoke about Joanna and Susanna last time listen to that if you haven't listened to to that (laughs) But actually, she was uh, with Joanna and Susanna, and we learn again that um, she was walking with Jesus, um, that she was giving out of her own means. Um, So again, we learn that there's wealth around Mary Magdalene, um, and uh, and also that she has been um, delivered from seven demons. Um, Not just one. Not Not just just one. Seven uh, demons. So again, we spoke about this, didn't we, last time, that um, she had been saved you know she had been um liberated from demonic forces in her life Mm -hmm. uh, which has caused her to devote herself encounter leads to devotion (laughs) and the legacy is here today you missed obedience you missed a step wasn't it oh encounter leads to devotion (laughs) this is your idea amy Which leads to obedience, obedience, which which leads leads to legacy. Excellent. You were listening. I was listening. I was paying attention. But yes, so we learned that about her. And we obviously don't want to repeat ourselves um, Like like we just did, just then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, So we are, as Rachel said, we are going to pick one very specific scripture and we're just going to really home in um on zoom in zoom in so will you read it because it's so yes. powerful i think so we're gonna we're gonna look at this scene um again if, if you're a follower of jesus this will be pretty familiar to you john 20 it's the first easter morning as i said john 20 just said that starting at verse 11 and um i'm going to read these verses and we're, we're zooming in on this one scene But then we're actually going to zoom in even closer on this one particular moment that we're going to kind of unpick and uh, and really dig into what what that means for us today. So uh, John 20, first starting at verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Mm. 
As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I've not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them what that, she told him that he had said these things to her. Mm. Um, mm. There's so much, right? And even before we yeah. dig in, yeah. zoom in. Zoom in. It is worth mentioning again. Yeah. You know, again, we could spend the whole time speaking about this. But just again, the um the radical countercultural <laughs> thing that that she, that a woman is the first one to yes. encounter the risen Jesus is Unbelievable. Well, it changes the course of history, yeah, doesn't it, it? Yeah, and actually, I was listening to something that N.T. Wright said, um, she, and he was saying, it, this is the new creation. Mm. This is the new order of things. Yeah. Um, to have a woman to be there, to then go and share, go and be the first apostle that shares the good news of Jesus is quite upside down. And actually, I was reading um, a, a, a quote from N.T. Wright again. N.T. Wright. Love day. him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he says this, he says, it is frankly impossible to imagine that the woman at the tomb, Mary Magdalene, um, was inserted into the tradition after Paul's day. And so he goes on to say that um, that some people might think that this was made up, you know, but there was no benefit whatsoever to make up that it would be Mary that would be a the woman. first, a woman, that would be the first to um, to find Jesus at the tomb, because no one would believe it anyway, if let anyth- alone. Yes, if anything, it takes away. Yeah you know, from the, the strength of the story in that day, right? Yeah, that yeah. not only does it not add benefit, but if anything, it's like, why would you do that? Like if you were telling a story that you wanted to carry some weight yeah. 2,000 years ago in Jewish culture, you wouldn't make <laughs> a woman yeah. like the star witness. Yeah, exactly. So it, it just, I mean, not only is that amazing for us as women, mm. but also it, it it's quite a, a powerful apologetic, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. To all those, oh, it's just a made-up story. People yeah. have told it through the generations, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like, no, 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 you don't make you that don't story up. Yeah. It's absolutely. really powerful. Yeah, really and powerful. So, and so, you know, to be honest, we could, you know, spend... We, we like camp out there, can we? We like that conversation. Yeah, but yeah. We, we feel like we spoke a lot about that last time, didn't we? Yeah. Susanna and Joanna, because they were obviously there as well, um, at the empty tomb. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to sort of skip past that massive, huge, yeah, um, and just begin to look a little bit more deeply mm-hmm. into um, this beautiful, I mean, it is such a hearty and beautiful passage, isn't it, mm. of intimacy um, between Mary Magdalene and Jesus. Mm. Um, so what are we going yeah, to draw what, up first? What we felt was, as we looked at this little exchange between Jesus and Mary Magdalene, we've kind of 
condensed it into this one statement that we're going to kind of ch chop in half and look at part one, part two. And, and really the statement is this, she recognizes his voice mm. because he calls her by name. Mm -hmm. So if you're a note taker... <laughs> Oh, I sense the sort of the gravitas in my voice as I say this again. I was going to say, you're very good Thank reading you. scripture. Thank you. Did you do drama? I did. It's my Amdram background, Amy. <laughs> Stop it. If anyone wants to hire me for uh, voiceover work, I am available. Um, she's but the. Not <laughs> she's not joking. No, I'm not I am joking. Um, I did actually do a bit of voiceover work for the BBC. <laughs> That's another story. Um, so. Hence the gravitas in my voice. This is kind of the, the, the punchline, the essence of really yes. what we want to say mm. is she recognizes his voice because he calls her by name. And what does that mean for us? Essentially, what does that mean for us as female disciples yeah. 20,000 years later yeah. in the UK? Um, and the first part of that statement, we're going to dig into what does it mean for us that she recognizes his voice? Like that's the moment, isn't it? When he, it, it's because he calls her by name that she recognizes his voice. And what does it mean for us to recognize the voice of God? Because as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, it is critical yeah. that we learn to recognize his voice. And there are, there are a whole load of sort of practical ways that we do that um, through prophecy, through the word of God, through mm -hmm. um, community, through friendship, uh, through prayer, da 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 da, da. Um, But we want to look at it through the lens of this story. And so we kind of drawn out five things um, that, we, that help us to recognize the voice of God through this little encounter that we see with Jesus and Mary Magdalene. So number one, how do you discern the voice of God? Well, in this context, Jesus speaks into the ordinary. Mm. And what we see is that Mary thinks he's the gardener. So she's not expecting this person that is Jesus mm. to be Jesus. She's not expecting his voice to be Jesus's voice. She just thinks he's the gardener. And that is that's like that's just like the ordinary mundane of life. She's mm. in a garden. There's a gardener. She's not anticipating it to be God. Yeah. And I think... I think there's a lesson there for us mm. that so often I wonder if we think that we're going to hear God's voice most clearly mm. in the sort of the spiritual contexts of life, like yeah. in a church service. And I've, I've heard God speak to me in amazing ways. I mean, we're both church pastors, like big up the church context, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, or, you know, mm -hmm. at a particularly sort of holy spiritual moment. Mm. And again, God does speak powerfully in those moments. But I mm. think... It's really important that we realize yeah. God wants to speak in the ordinary. Yeah. And I was thinking about this time a number of years ago now. I was at home. I was washing up mm. in the kitchen. I was not feeling spiritual, but I was feeling at that moment really down yeah. about my physical appearance. And yeah. I've talked about this before. It's kind of been an ongoing battle for me. And I was really battling, mm. like in the secret place, you mm. know, in my mind, Nobody really knew about it. It was just sort of this internal battle that was going on. Yeah. Really low negative feelings about the way that I look. 
Yeah. And on the radio, and I don't really listen to like pop radio very much, but on the radio came on that Bruno Mars song. Yeah. Did not expect God to speak through Bruno Mars, let's be honest. And it was that song, Just the Way You Are. You know, mm. the lyrics go, when I yeah. see your face, mm. there's not a thing that I would change. You're amazing just the way that you are. Mm. And I was honestly filled with the Holy Spirit in that yeah. moment. I just wept into the washing up yeah. as I felt God speak his affirmation over me. And of course, you know, one of the other things about discerning the voice of God is God will never speak in a way that is contrary to the word of God. That's really important. And for me in that moment, like Mm. that affirmation of who God has created me to be is so in line with his word. Like I love Psalm 139 for Mm. you created my inmost being. Mm. You know, it, it, it was like, okay, I know that's the voice of God. That is something that God the Father would say to me. I love you physically, aesthetically, just the way that you are. So God speaks into the ordinary, number one. I love that. And also it takes real faith, doesn't it, to actually um, receive his voice in the ordinary. Yes. It took real faith even for you to believe that that was God speaking. And as you allowed yourself to hear it, the spirit came in that sense. That's true. Um, But I... um, yeah, number two, um, we were saying that actually, if we look at this passage, um, that Jesus is um, speaking into where she's at. You know, yeah. she's she is in a moment of um, real vulnerability. You know, she's sobbing, she's crying, she's lost. Um, at the idea that Jesus has gone, and actually, as we were even processing this, we were thinking, what an awful, awful thought to think that Jesus is no longer alive no longer with us and Mm. so that that's what she's going through you know she's in this state of despair isn't she and Jesus meets her exactly in that place and um and I just have experienced that so much in my life and I was thinking of a more recent story um because I um actually been ordained oh just drop that one I'm, I'm ordained <laughs> so funny. I, I'm not just to be clear and you could probably work that out that's, she's the ordained one certainly not true. <laughs> um but uh yeah so I, I so last summer I was um uh is it the you have to go to a retreat basically before you have your ordination service do you mean you have the opportunity to go to a retreat rather than <laughs> you have an opportunity you have to go to a retreat you have the privilege <laughs> the privilege of going to a retreat before your ordination ceremony and uh, and on the last day of this retreat um I was in a state of honesty <laughs> and vulnerability before the Lord and uh, and I was saying to God you know are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure about this? Um, you know, I was, you know, feeling all the, that, those feelings of inadequacy and, you know, are you, are, are you sure I'm, I'm called to this? You, is this what, is this what you have for me? Mm. You know, battling, mm. battling. And it was in this moment of um, worship, a little bit more of a, you know, spiritual moment, I guess. Yeah. Not washing uh, up. It was outside though, because Neil, our worship pastor, was leading us outside and uh, by the lake, and we were worshiping. And oh, I, that's pretty spiritual. That was yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, anyway, and it was sunny, so that was nice. That helps. I like the sun. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and we were praying, and I was praying these really honest, raw, sort of um, yeah, vulnerable cries to the Lord, not pretending, you know, not saying, you know, yes, you know, I can do this. But I was like, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm desperate here. And, um, and I felt, um, in that moment that, um, 
uh, I, I just sort of, I saw in my mind's eye um, a crown being put over my head. Mm. Um, it was like the Lord came close to me and he put a crown above my head. Mm. And, uh, and in, that, in, those, in that moment, I, um, I was like, oh, this is so nice. You know, I feel God's presence and he's about to crown me. Um, but he wouldn't put the crown on my head. It like mm. just hovered over my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was sort of waiting and I was um, thinking, what, you know, what, what's happening? And I felt like God say to me, you now need to put your hands on the crown and put it on my head. Oh, that's good. With him. Um, it's like a sense of um, taking ownership mm-hmm. of the call that he's put up on my life. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it was a, I mean, I was so, many, I could sort of bring that into so many <laughs> different stories, I guess, of, of stepping in yeah. to that, you know, he wants us to step into um, what he's called us to, that we aren't robot in this. There's a, yeah. we work with him, we partner with him when he's called us to step. Yeah, we have agency. We have agency and it's yeah. an invitation in. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to speaking about um, God speaking, I just think there's something really powerful about getting honest and real yeah. before the Lord. Yeah. Um, and he wants to speak to us in, the, in those spaces. And, you know, and again, I, people say, oh, well, how do you, what do you mean you saw a crown? You know, what even does that even look like? You know, and, and some people I'll, I'll say, I, I'm really, um, I, I have a lot of visual you know, I'm a visual person mm. um, and have a lot of images in my mind anyway. Um, so I would say to people, it's like um, if I were to say to you, Rachel, think of the Eiffel Tower right mm. now. Mm. Can you see the Eiffel Tower in your mind's yeah, eye? Yeah, I've just been there actually quite recently. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that would be what an image would be like in my head. Yeah. Um, but it's come out of nowhere. It's not like my own thoughts. Um, yeah. I'm going into real detail No, here, that's really sometimes helpful. Sometimes it's helpful because yeah. we can talk airy-fairy like, what do you mean? Yeah, but actually, what's actually, how does it it actually work yeah. that's right but, god yeah. speaks in those in those ways yeah but he speaks in those vulnerable moments in which we see mary um in that space and we talk a lot about vulnerability and honesty and we don't apologize i don't i'm not apologizing for that amy are you, are you? no 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 because it is the key isn't it yeah. it is it's this idea that god is not looking for our perfection he yeah. he wants connection Absolutely. and connection comes through us being willing to be honest mm-hmm. and vulnerable mm. uh and it's from that place that we receive mm-hmm. forgiveness we receive whatever it is he's wanting to say to us so number three uh little recap he speaks into the ordinary mm-hmm. uh she thinks he's the gardener she, he, he speaks where she's at she's honest she's vulnerable she's hurting and num so i said number two then sorry i'm confusing everybody My number three died, so oh I'm going no to, i'm trying to find our notes <laughs> <laughs> number three i will just crack on yeah, while you, you do that on. number three is uh he convicts but he doesn't condemn mm. and despite the fact that she is yeah. she's hurting she's uh, you know she's struggling he doesn't condemn her in that moment he doesn't shame her mm. you know mm-hmm. it, but he but he he does convict and i think again I wonder if sometimes the danger, and, and maybe this is a particular brand of Christianity that um, sometimes churches like ours can be accused of, which is where we sort of overemphasize yeah. grace mm. and underemphasize sin. Mm. Um, and I don't think either of us as church pastors would say that God doesn't care about sin, like God cares about sin. He cares deeply about the effects yeah, that sin has yeah. on our lives and yeah. as pastors we care about that too for our 
for our churches. Um, and so this idea that God only wants to sort of say, whisper sweet nothings into our ear is, isn't quite the full picture. Yeah. Uh, and we have to be careful because it is, it, it, it's, it's important that we emphasize both grace and, and holiness. Mm. And God wants us to be free from the effects that sin, the, the essentially sin enslaves us mm. and God wants freedom yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, there are going to be times when the voice of God sounds like conviction, never condemnation. I think there's a, there's a really important way to discern the difference. Mm-hmm. Conviction makes us want to run towards God, get closer to him. Mm. That's certainly been my experience. Mm. And condemnation or shame, shame is like a key strategy of the enemy, and it can look really similar to conviction. But the difference is shame or condemnation makes us want to hide, makes us want to, it's like the the Garden of Eden, you know, they hid, they hid from the Lord because they felt ashamed. And so that's a really key distinction that the voice of God Mm. will bring conviction. And sometimes that's like, a little check in your spirit. That's how I would describe it. Mm. Like, I've seen this story recently. Um, Mum, if you're listening to this, you will remember it well. Uh, it's another car park story. We, we haven't had enough of those in series two. There are quite a few in series one. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of sin that took place in the car, in the car we realised. Uh, anyway, I w- I'd popped to the shops with my mum, our mum, and my little, my baby, Mm. and um, TK Maxx, actually, Mm -hmm. for those who are interested. I'm sure you are. I needed Mm. to buy a suitcase. Anyway, and uh, I was parking outside TK Maxx, and they have these, you know, mum and child bays, and I qualify. I have a child in a car seat at the moment. And somebody had parked next to, I mean, my biggest bugbear is people that park in the, the, the parent and child bay, and they don't have a child. Like I would, I would never do. I that. bet you've done that. Have <laughs> do you do that? Do you do that? Well, sometimes it's automatic because no, there is <laughs> absolutely no excuse. We are like chalk and cheese in that way. <gasps> so anyway, somebody we can talk about it later. Anyway, somebody had parked over the line, like mm. into the parents. So they were in the bay next door, but they had parked over the line, leaving me. And I had quite a big car. I've got five children, so I need a big car. Over that, so leaving me with like hardly any space. Uh-huh. Now I could have admittedly parked like a little bit further over. <laughs> I think I didn't have much sleep that night. I was feeling a bit f- feisty. I don't really like that word, but that is what I was feeling a bit like. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. spoiling for a fight. Uh-huh. I can be like that, as you know. And so, mum's in the car with me, and I was like, I'm going to park like right up next to that car. I'm going to park like right so that they can't get in. So they're forced to go round and climb through the passenger door into the driving seat. And mum's like, because mum is so loud, she's like, darling, are you sure you want to? I was like, yes, I need to teach this person a lesson. You can't just park irresponsibly like that. I'm, you know, so that when they go back to the car, they're going to have to climb across. They're going to know I will never park like that again. And I did it. I like literally parked like, mi- it was, it's actually a, a beautiful bit of parking. I parked like literally with millimeters to spare between me and this other car. Oh, and dear. I got out the car, got my baby out of the car. It was quite a hassle actually, because there was no room. <laughs> but then I walked into the shop and I just felt like, what are you doing? Mm. I really felt the Holy Spirit say, is that 
Mm. Is that really Mm. a good thing to do? What if that person was a a little old lady Mm. who couldn't really park very well Mm. and now she's got to climb across her front seat? Mm. You know, is that really the fruit of the spirit Mm. at work within you? And I felt such a sense of conviction, not like judgment, just conviction. Now, I didn't actually go back out and move the car because my baby had fallen asleep in the sling on me at that point. But I felt this sense of conviction and I absolutely believe that God does that. He speaks with a voice of conviction, but not condemnation. Yeah, absolutely. Like it sort of links into our other point, actually, that God's voice always brings hope. We see this um, in this story, you know, the hope is that she's met Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. (laughs) He's alive. Yeah. (laughs) Conquered death. Uh, so that is the hope um, that Jesus carries. And that's the hope that he carries in his voice today. Yes. That actually anything that we are going through, anything, anywhere that we feel stuck, um, anywhere that um, we think there's no way out, there is always a way out with the resurrection. There's Mm -hmm. always a way out with Jesus because that's what he's here for. He rescues us. You know, that's what the resurrection is. He's conquered death, sin and death. Um, and so I, um, I think, again, it's another way to discern his voice, that mm. it, it always carries hope, even in conviction, like yes. you're saying. And actually, even as you, um, you know, you were talking about your um, car parking situation, <laughs> you know, woe to you, Rachel. I know. <laughs> I know. Shame on me. Shame on you. No, Shouldn't definitely. say that, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, no shame. shame on no you. shame. No shame, sister. No. <laughs> um, but uh, but actually, there are also um, ways in which I feel like he he convicts um, habitual yeah. patterns that we live in. Um, and again, always to bring hope, always to redeem and to rescue and to bring order from the chaos of our mm-hmm. lives. Not to point fingers, like you're saying, not to shame or condemn, but to say, there's more. Yeah. Like, listen to me. There's more freedom for you. There's more liberation for you. And I think, um, you know, for me, many, many people, you know, I feel like I share my story um, a fair bit, but a, a big part of my story is um, really struggling with um, just my body image and at university, really struggling with food and really bad um, relationship with um, what I looked like and all of that. And uh, and God has brought me through um it's incredible liberation in that area. Um, and, um, and during that journey, um, there were moments along the line mm. where he convicted me, mm. you know, because so many um, areas in my life have had become idols. Mm. So, for example, this might be out there, but if it relates to anyone who's listening, then I'm, sure I'm going to say it for that sake. Um, but when I was going through um, sort of really holding on to Jesus' hands as I walk out some of this stuff. Like the prison of... The prison. Yeah. Oh, the prison of um, caring so much about... Food control, da da, da da yeah. And um, anyway, and I, um, and I felt like... Um, I basically had this pair of trousers. Maybe you can relate, <laughs> Rachel. Uh, but I had this pair of trousers that were my safe pair of trousers. <laughs> and, um, and when I put these trousers on, it was like I was in control. And it was like, oh, if they fit me, mm. if they look good, it means that I'm all right. You know, yeah. it was like my, it was my sense of security. Like they were attached to your self-worth Absolutely. almost. Absolutely. Yes, I know what you mean. Um, and, uh, and I felt 
the conviction of the Holy Spirit in the most tender and beautiful way mm. as Jesus always does. And he just gently poked that little area of my life and just said, you know, shall we talk about the trousers? <laughs> <laughs> um, they look awful. <laughs> they are so last yeah. season. <laughs> Do you think that, do you think God ever says that? <laughs> it's uh, totally ruining my vibe. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, Shall we talk I, about the trousers? That's where you were. <laughs> but he said, you know, let's talk about the trousers. Um, and obviously it was awful because when ultimately these had become an idol, they're yeah. an idol in my life because I was finding my security in these trousers than I was Jesus. Yeah. That's an idol. <laughs> yeah. Um, FYI. And so he doesn't want us to live with these because they ultimately destroy us from the inside out. And so he wants to rid us of all things that we're worshipping that are, are not him. Yeah. And so this was one of those. And so he was like, let's talk about the trousers. And actually that was a conviction. And it was an awful feeling <laughs> because it was like, <gasps> i got to do something about I've it. i got to do something about this. But actually the invitation was... Like, give it, give them to me and I'll give you the ability to mm. get out. You know, it wasn't like now, Amy, you've got to do this or go burn them, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't yeah. that. It was like, lay them at my feet. Mm. Give this to me and I will empower you mm. to get out of that trap. And that's the hope. And that's the hope. And that is 100% what he did. And he has done with many, many areas. Yeah. And so the invitation is simply, when we're convicted, it's like, give it over. Yeah. Surrender. And then he will bring yeah. um, the rescue, which is the hope of the resurrection. Because yeah. he's redeeming all things. That is the hope that we carry. Yeah. I love that, that his, his voice always carries hope. That yeah. is... Yeah, even even when he's trying to, I know. even when he has to say the hard things, yeah, there's hope. I Absolutely. love that. So number five is uh, he desires that we seek his voice out. Yeah, and I think this is really pertinent. Uh, living in the 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 world, the culture, the day that we live in, when there are so many distractions. Actually, speaking about conviction. I really feel God convicting me about that in the moment that I, mm. I'm so distracted. I am so distracted right now. I, I just need to create those spaces. And what we see in this little encounter is that Mary is seeking him out. Yeah. She's gone to the tomb to find Jesus. I mean, I think she, she's expecting to find him dead, but that's kind of beside the point. She's, she's desperate to be near him, even his dead body. Yeah. She's longing to be near. She's seeking mm. him out. Can you imagine that? That she's, she's, and it's a high risk strategy. Yeah. Like she has been a connected. I mean, that's, yeah. but again, we talked a lot about the courage yeah. of these female disciples last time with mm. Joanna Susanna, but let's just remember again, the fact that she made the trip mm. from her home or wherever she was staying, maybe with the disciples, to the tomb that yeah. morning, yeah. that was super risky. Yeah. She could have easily been arrested. Yeah. They knew that she was an associate of Jesus, mm. but she, her desperation mm. to be near Jesus, even dead Jesus, yeah. drives her to take that risk. Yeah. To be in his presence, him. to find him, she wants yeah. to find him. Mm. And maybe, who knows, there was something, well, we know, of course, she's led by the Holy Spirit because she becomes the first witness to the resurrection. But um, but yeah, mm. incredible that. And so I think what that tells me around us hearing the voice of God, us recognizing his voice is that 
there's something that we have to do. We have to seek him out. He longs that we seek him out. There's that, do you remember that song? I think it's Nora Jones mm. showing my age where she, it says, come away with yeah. me. Do you remember that? Yeah, I Sometimes that I feel Everyone's like that. Wedding, wedding yes. Dance. <laughs> yes. Tim puts that on when, you know, he's <laughs> wanting to get into a bit of a romantic mood. I shouldn't say that. Um, sorry. I've ruined that song for everybody now. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit, like, plops that song into my mind, like, come away with me. Sorry, I've ruined it for you now. Have I, Amy? Sorry. Anyway, um, what, I'm what I'm trying to say is actually quite beautiful, and now I've ruined it. Anyway, the point is, I feel like there are moments when the voice of God is, come and seek me out, yeah, come and absolutely. seek me out, come and seek me out. And of yeah. course, God meets us. That doesn't contradict that God yeah. meets us where we're at. Yeah. But... There is an, there is an yeah. onus on us yeah. as followers of Jesus yeah. to put ourselves in the way of yeah. God's voice, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that can be in the ordinary. It doesn't have to be in the church, the gathering or whatever. Mm. That can be, mm. right, rather than putting the radio on, I'm going to put worship music on. Mm. Or like I love it. Actually, one of our worship leaders, Ruben, said mm. this on Sunday. He said, um, mm. you know, worship begins mm. not with necessarily a song or a tune or... It, it begins with a conscious thought Absolutely. about God. Yeah. I think he's nicked it from somebody, so yeah. I don't know who to credit with that, but yeah. he said it on Sunday. Thank you, Reuben. But it, I love that. Yeah. And, and actually seeking out God's voice often starts in a place of worship yeah. and worship starts with a conscious thought of God. It's, it's that, um, you know, um, practicing the presence, yeah. isn't it? It's all the yeah. stuff that's written in that amazing book that even in the everyday, in the ordinary, we can still mm. seek him out. And, and mm. I think it's having those little moments throughout the day, whether it's right, in this moment, I'm going to put worship music on, or mm. in this moment, I'm going to just recall a, a verse from the Bible, yeah, or yeah. Uh, I'm going to um, look at something edifying, you know, maybe take a walk, yeah. or whatever it might be. Mm. And I think God is faithful. I mean, there are times, let's be honest, where mm. it is super hard to hear the voice of God. Yeah. I think, I wonder if actually there might be people listening and that's yeah. where you're at. It's yeah. like all this talk about hearing God's voice and you're like, he just yeah. feels silent. Yeah. That's hard. I don't think there are any easy yeah. answers or solutions to that. Mm. But I think there is something about God wanting us to seek him. And, and, and that's all through the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that the Psalms, you know, earnestly I seek you. Yeah. Um, because... It, 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 what it does is it increases our desperation for him. And that's what we see in Mary, just this desperation yeah. for Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think just go one on. of the things that's really... I, I could tell you had something oh, else I to I say. Know. I was just going to say that I think um, so often it's that um, the intentional prayer, isn't it? Before yeah. you go into a that's meeting good. or before you go and see a friend or before you go to the supermarket it's like lord i want to give this moment to you and mm -hmm. i'm gonna it's like tuning into the radio isn't it in yeah. some ways it's like i'm gonna choose to tune in yeah um and then you go in i feel like he really honors that prayer mm -hmm. even it's like a prayer of faith before you even go in yes. and the other thing that's really helped me is um it within our in our church community we all set our alarms for midday i love that yeah and we all pray the lord's prayer at midday and again it's an obviously the prayer that jesus taught us to pray so that's great um but it also is in the middle of the day you know you can switch it off on wherever you just have this reminder of like oh i'm going to cast my eyes back 
mm. onto God. I'm going to come into his presence in whatever moment. And we've actually had amazing stories of, we have an anaesthetist in our, um, well, he's not anymore. He's actually a vicar now. He wasn't he, in theatre, was no. he? Because that makes yes. me a bit nervous. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, fine. he was in the theatre. Yeah. Um, and his buzzer went off on his phone or his watch or whatever yeah. to pray the Lord's Prayer. And he prayed the Lord's Prayer in the theatre room wow. with all of his doctors around That's him. That's amazing. Yeah, prayed over this guy who was, I don't know what was wrong with him, but there you go. So we've heard stories about that all over yes. the place. So it's yes. just another really easy reminder, isn't it, to yes. come into his presence. And actually I was thinking about a talk. There's um, a woman in our church, Ronya. Shout out to Ronya if you're Ronya. on the Orchard team. Oh, yeah. If she's listening, but she gave a brilliant talk at church. And... She was talking about making room, you know, making room. And actually, sometimes to make room for the voice of God, we have to declutter. Yeah. We actually have to yeah. get rid of some stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the conviction I'm feeling right now is there's some stuff that's just a distraction. It's not necessarily even like sin, you know. Mm. It's just a distraction and it's cluttering up my mind yeah. so that I can't... I can't make that choice yeah. just to tune in. And actually, she was talking about that song. Do you know that the Helsers have recorded that song recently? I think it's on their new album. And, um, you know, they do lots of kind of improv. And uh, <laughs> it, I think it's called Make Room. Oh, and there's yeah. this improv bit where, where she's like, um, um, bye bye clutter, yeah. bye bye clutter. Yeah. And we've had that playing a bit. <laughs> and my, my, I think it was my daughter. I think it was my daughter. And she was like, who's Claire? <laughs> Who's Claire? Why is she saying bye to Claire? Poor Claire. Because she says it like clutter, clutter. <laughs> and it sounds a bit like Claire. So I can't listen to that now without saying bye bye Claire. Like bye. See ya. Like poor Claire is being like kicked out in this worship song. Um, it's like, no, no, it's, it's clutter. It's clutter. Two syllables enunciate it's clutter <laughs> anyway but the point being yeah bye bye clutter we need to make room oh, so dear. we've done the first half don't worry the second half of our statement she recognizes his voice because he calls her by name mm. is going to be shorter for those of you that are making a car journey or on a run and you have limited time <laughs> we're going to zoom on so the first part is she recognizes his voice we've mm. talked about those five things mm. Um, that we draw out of this passage that help us recognize the voice of God in our own lives. And the second part is because he calls her by name. That's yeah. the key. These two parts working together, that the yeah. reason she recognizes mm. his voice mm. is because he says, Mary, yeah. Mary. And she's like, oh, it's you, yeah. it's Jesus. And what does that tell us? The mm. fact that it's her name that is the cue for her recognizing his voice. What does that say to us that, that he calls her by name? Mm. What does that mean? And I think the two things we're going to jump into. First thing is it means he knows her. Mm. He knows her. Mm. He knows everything about her. And this is one of those Sunday school truths, isn't it? Like mm. God knows everything about you. He knows every hair on your head. But man, 20 plus years into following Jesus, I still need to be reminded of that. Yeah. There is nothing hidden from him. Yeah. He knows everything he knows when I'm going to mess things up. He knows when I'm going to get things right. He knows what I'm going to do tomorrow. He knows every day that's been ordained for me. I mean, that is kind of crazy to get your head around. But there's also incredible yeah. security in that, isn't there? Yeah. He knows me. He knows me by name. Yeah. It's beautiful, it isn't is. it? And also her response to that is um, he knows 
his character. I think that's what we can learn. Yeah. Is that, you know, he, she's walked with him, you know, she's been with him and the joy, you know, even in that, you know, she cries out mm. teacher, yeah. you know, it's, and, and he embraces, she embraces and, and Jesus is a little bit like, all right, yeah, back off. I'm not, I'm not finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, you can picture the scene, can't you? This like embrace. You it's know, you. There's yeah. no sense of, oh, I've, I better hold back here. Yes. Or, oh, I'm not quite sure how you're going to respond. It's etiquette like, almost. No etiquette. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because it shows that he, he, he knows, she knows his character is so good. Yeah. Like to accessible. Accessible, so overwhelmed that it's him. Yeah. I just think there's a lot to learn about that. Because sometimes we can, we start, we're so easy to put God in this sort of headmaster box, yeah. isn't it? Um, and think that he's, there's a distance. And yet Jesus shows us mm. who God is. Mm. Um, I just think it is a real powerful yeah and i think that the second the second part of of that the truth within that statement because he calls her by name is it's intimacy isn't yeah. it he desires intimacy the fact that he uses her name yeah i love it. it it just for me it speaks about god's desire for intimacy with us yeah. and again it's one of those things that we hear over and over again but mm. actually how much do we need to be reminded of that every day that yeah. God wants to be so intimate with us, so close to us. And again, the Bible talks about that, doesn't it? Just the examples of God drawing, like closer than a mother, closer than a brother. It's yeah. that, that again is what sets the Christian faith apart from yeah. any other religious belief system. This, yeah. this notion that because, because of Jesus dying on the cross, our mess is covered in his perfection and yeah. therefore we can know, know connection, not just any connection, but intimate connection yeah. with him. Yeah. That is, Remarkable. that's amazing, isn't it? I was listening to this interview on a podcast and the guy being interviewed is like this well-known guy and he's, he's an atheist. And he kind of made this quip about um, having lots of like uh, vices and he's like, yeah, I mean, they're not going to let me in at the pearly gates. Hmm. And, you know, he's just making a joke. He's an atheist, whatever. But I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. You've got this wrong. You've got, yeah. At what point did you pick that message up? I know. That is not the gospel. Yeah. You know, yes, we need to, t we need to account for our lives. Yes. But that is not the basis on which we get through the, inverted commas, pearly gates. We get in by Jesus' blood. Grace. We don't get mm. in on our own mm. merits. Mm. And I just think, I know I have to be reminded of that every day. And it's, it's the, the, the truth of that, the fact that we're not getting in on our own merits, which means it's the very thing that allows us to know Jesus so intimately. Yeah. So intimately. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Actually, I was thinking as well, yeah. so often in my life, prophecy mm -hmm. has been yes there have been times where god has god has used prophetic words through people to sort of encourage me around the future or i see you doing this or da 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 yeah. but a lot of the time yeah it's the the most powerful thing about pro prophecy well, the transformational yes moments. has been god sees me yeah he sees me and he knows me. Yeah, it's so powerful. 
I was just going to share that thing. Yeah. My father-in-law, like the the other week, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting at home um, preparing a talk, a sermon for something, and I was feeling like super inadequate. There's a strong theme there, isn't there? We, we often, have you noticed that? We often feel inadequate. I was feeling inadequate preparing mm. this talk and, and just feeling like spiritually, like I got nothing mm. and trying to be diligent, trying to be faithful in preparing this message mm. and da, 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 da. Just feeling quite low, actually, like mm. really quite low. And out of nowhere, my lovely father-in-law, who isn't, doesn't text me very often, has to be said, you know, but he sent me this text. And what, what I discovered is it was a Monday morning. He prays for me every Monday. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, He's that an amazing, amazing man, my yeah. father-in-law. Uh, and he sent me this te text mm. and he said, you know, Rachel, it's Monday, so I'm praying for you. And as I was praying for you, he said this, I felt a shadow that sometimes comes up and casts a cloud. And I felt the verse from Isaiah 43.1. It said this, but now says the Lord who created you, who formed you, do not fear, mm. for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are my mine. Wow. Mm. And God has filled that place. He wants to rejoice in what he says to you. You are mine. Yeah. And I just read it and burst into tears because it spoke to exactly... Uh, he didn't know that I was feeling any of those feelings. He didn't know that I was contending in that moment. Yeah. But those words were encouraging because the words themselves were encouraging. But more than that, mm. it was the fact that God used John, prompted mm. him to send me that text that that particular moment just made me feel so yeah. known by him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, and I I concur. <laughs> I think that um, those moments where you get yeah words of knowledge that describe your situation or even things in your past that no one has known about, yeah. or even things that you enjoy, you know. Um, and I think partly the encouragement is for us to not hold back sharing that with one another. Yes, um, because some of the um, some of the words that I have received um, and given sometimes are like you know, I'm going to share this word. Yeah. But weigh it up, weigh it up. <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Um, have been the most sort of obscure, but actually the ones that speak right in to um, the heart of people's situation. Mm. So I guess just an encouragement for all of us yeah. um, to not hold back. If mm. you think that the Lord might be giving you a word for someone, you never know. Yeah, It could be um, a word that really resonates with them in particular. Totally. Um, so, yeah, I, I really agree with that. I think um, sort of knowing how known we are is completely and utterly transformational, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in our walk with him. Well, we done? <laughs> I think we have come to the end. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. Yeah. Don't forget, if you haven't booked your ticket yet for November the 12th, which is our next conference in Birmingham Town mm. Hall, then make sure you do that. Um, you can do that on the website, theorchardwomen.com mm. and, uh, bring your friends, book a part, book a car load, <laughs> book a bus load. Mm. Uh, but just be there. We really believe it's going to be a special time yeah. of encounter, impartation, freedom, Shall we pray empowerment. Well? And then we yeah. should, yes, let's pray. That'd be good. I just really feel Rachel, when you were saying about, um, you know, you are mine, mm. um, that actually for those that are listening to this, um, I certainly need to hear that every day. Um, but yeah, just for you to pray yeah. that they would hear the voice of God through you um, into the, that they are his. Shall I pray? Yeah. 
Holy Spirit, we just pray now for everybody who's listening to this. I pray exactly as Amy said, that for those who are listening, thinking, I'm longing to hear God's voice. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would speak, speak straight to people's hearts, that they would hear in whatever way, in whatever way, God, you wish to communicate. I pray that you would speak that truth, that they are yours. They would hear those words, you are mine, you are mine. I pray, Holy Spirit, fill each person up with love, with truth. And I pray, God, for everybody listening, that you would draw each one of us into a greater depth of intimacy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you next time.